bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm Raven and I am here alone. It's just me. Um, okay, story time. So if you are a regular listener, then you know how busy Gabby is. Um, that bitch is booked and busy, okay? And she's got a lot going on right now. So unfortunately for us, she no longer has the time to commit to the podcast like on a regular basis, but she insisted that I continue on this Bitches Better journey alone and that she will pop in every now and then for some episodes um, because at the end of the day, she's still my best friend and the number one bitch. So she's around like There's no call her daddy type shit or drama going on over here. (laughs) So yeah, that's a little update for y'all. And hopefully, hopefully I'll stick around even though um, I'll be flying solo now. And you know, like I said, she'll definitely be on some episodes in the future and I'll probably start trying to get some guests on and everything like that. Um, And I'm also thinking I'll probably go back to doing two episodes a week. Sound good? Okay, let's get into this week's episode then. All right, so there's not like a ton of news or anything going on. So um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta trailer came out a few days ago and the new season will be premiering on December 6th. And listen, it looks good to me. I'm excited. Like I cannot wait. Um, it seemed to have been getting like mixed reviews from the viewers. People were kind of like, they were either like, oh my God, this looks so fucking good. Like I cannot wait. And then other people were like, "Mm, whatever. I mean, doesn't look that great. So I don't, I mean, that's to be expected. I think people are always like that, but like I said, I mean, it looks good to me. We're getting to see Portia and you know, all of her protesting and everything that she's doing for the Black Lives Matter movement and um, all of that stuff. Kenya, it looks like she's going through some shit, you know, with Mark and her marriage and whatever. And um, of course, Cynthia and her wedding and the (laughs) the infamous bachelorette party um, with the stripper and the whole threesome uh, gate that's going on. And it looks like Kenya was the one to call out the... (laughs) (laughs) the alleged threesome between Portia, Tanya, and the stripper. So no surprise there. But I'm what I am surprised about is how quickly they turned this shit around because we just heard about (laughs) this bachelorette. It was literally like what, like three weeks ago or so because Cynthia just got married a couple weeks ago too. Um, So I mean, props to them. They really, they got the footage. They were like, let's put this shit together, do whatever we have to do to it, edit it and get it out to the people for this trailer. So I thank them for that. And um, yeah, I'm ready. December 6th, get your ass here. Like we're, we're waiting. <laughs> um, oh my God, something else that happened today. So Erica announced that she has filed for divorce from Tom. After 21 years of marriage and there's no real details, you know, she just gave the same old like, you know, it just wasn't working and like we have love and respect for each other and like, please give us our privacy and like all of that shit. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. She's so like 
she's so like tight-lipped about like her personal shit so there's no there's no telling like is this a surprise maybe it's not I don't know how to feel about it because the whole marriage seems strange to me in the first place if I'm being honest so I don't know I feel bad for her it's sad but I don't know maybe she's fine and then if she is then I won't feel sad for her <laughs> actually I think I'm still mad at her about the whole being assholes to her fans on Instagram thing now that I think about it. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm over that. I don't think I've forgiven her just yet. Um, but I still don't want her to be sad. But yeah, hopefully she's doing okay. Um, before we get into uh, the show recaps, I want to talk about Patreon. So... I'm going to keep the Patreon up. Um, what we were doing before was re-watching and recapping Southern Charm New Orleans, Real Housewives of Miami, and I was doing The Bachelorette and uh, Bachelor in Paradise by myself already because Gabby was like, no, <laughs> I'm not watching that shit. So um, I'm going to continue on doing that. So basically, it'll be three bonus episodes a week. Um, right now. And I don't think you want to miss out on that content. So go over to patreon.com slash bitch is better to subscribe. And yeah, we're having a good time over there. Okay. Let's talk about Potomac. I want to get this Candace shit out of the way real quick because when I tell you I could not give a shit about her song and her weird voice lessons that she's doing, like I really do not care to see this, okay? I really don't. So she's doing a little voice lessons with her friend. Fine. She's making cow noises. Wonderful. Um, Then she is like listening to her remix song, which by the way, is it's not bad. I like it a lot better than the version, the original version that she did at her wedding. I didn't like that. The, um, yeah, the remix is good. So I'll give her that. But um, the guy, Chucky, ends up telling Candace that he wants to sign her to his label. And, you know, she starts crying, naturally, because <laughs> she's so happy and like, whatever. So then Chucky pulls out a bottle of champagne, Ace of Spades, I believe, and some plastic cups. And he's like, OK, like, but we're going to keep a hood, though. And Candace is like, oh, shout out to the hood. And I'm like, hmm. That's interesting because all you do is like dog Monique from being from the hood and now it's shout out to the hood. Okay, got it. Um, Also, she has been channeling Blair Waldorf with these giant headbands and I need for her to stop. Leave it to Blair. It's not working for her. Okay. So um, Giselle, Robin, and Karen meet up at this cute little place. Like they are having... A literal tea, like it's literally tea time. Um, and Giselle, she forgets her shoes. She stands up to greet Robin and she's literally wearing some like Adidas slides. <laughs> like that tracks. She's like, oh, don't look at my feet. I, I forgot my shoes. Like, how did you let that happen? How did you let that happen? Oh, bless her. So Giselle, um, is like, you know, I just really want to talk to Karen about her relationship with Ray because Wendy told Giselle about how Karen drunkenly was like spilling her heart out about how she had to bail Ray out with his tax stuff um, when they were at the lake house. And Giselle was like, what? 
if Karen is telling that, I mean, something, something is really going on. So, okay. Literally, when Giselle was having the conversation with Wendy, after Wendy told her, she was like, are you going to go tell Karen about this conversation that we're having? And Giselle was like, no. <laughs> but like, she knew in that moment that she was absolutely going to tell Karen. So I don't even know why she was lying like that. But whatever. So Giselle brings up um, what Wendy told her at the lake house. And Karen was like... <laughs> No, like, that's not what happened. (laughs) She basically denied saying that she even wanted her money back. And now she's mad because Wendy told Giselle. And then she's also kind of looking at Giselle sideways because she's like, ah, she's getting in my business, whatever. So Karen kind of pivots the conversation over to Robin. And she brings up her taxes and she's like, hmm, so your taxes, like, what's going on with that? She's like, I, you know, I've read some things, but I don't believe everything I read. So I don't know, you know, you tell me. And Robin was like, no, yeah, it's true. There's some, there's some tax issues going on over here on my end. And Karen's like, oh, interesting. Hmm. And it's like that, it's like that moment in the office when Michael is like, hmm, well, 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 how the turntables, like, That's all I could think of because, you know, Karen, I think she did a great job, but she did not really rub it in Robin's face like the way that she could have because Robin gave her such shit when it was Ray and his tax issues going on. And it was his shit. It wasn't even Karen. Like, this is all on Robin. This is her fault. So but Robin seemed to have been like a good sport about and she's like, yeah, I fucked up. I didn't pay enough taxes. So here I am. (laughs) This is what I'm dealing with. So Karen also, you know, she's. She's got to talk about Wendy, right? Because she just really does not like her. And I'm not, I'm still not sure what the reason is because we came into this season. It's like Karen was just like, not impressed. Don't like her, whatever. And we were all like, wait, why? Like, I love you, but like, did something happen? I just like, I don't get it. <laughs> but now it's like, whatever, it's fine. So she doesn't like Wendy. And she's like, yeah, I was, I told her that she was ignorant when, um, because of the way that she's acting about this whole Candace Monique thing. Because she's saying that I'm not holding uh, Monique accountable. And I am. And blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, you know, Wendy is not even like a real doctor. Like, she's not a medical doctor. <laughs> and Robin and Giselle were like, yeah, no, we know that. She doesn't even say that she is. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Karen's like, Whatever. She slithered her ass down the stairs and (laughs) she gets up and she does this little slithering move that is hilarious. And, you know, that was pretty much the end of that. Oh, my God. Also, Giselle, um, when she asked Robin how her hat line was doing, she was like, oh, like, how's your hat line Um, embezzled, right? And (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Giselle, don't do this. You know that the name of that company is embellished. Like, don't do your friend like that. (laughs) But I don't know about y'all, but the first thing that came to mind was that clip of Black China. I don't even know where this is from. Probably like one of her weird little shows. Um, But she was like, embezzled, embezzled, embezzled. Like her friend or some person was like... (laughs) like accusing her of embezzling money or something and she literally uh was she literally said embezzled like 75 times in a row it was hilarious so that's it for that tea time now ashley goes to a therapy session 
And um, I'm happy she's doing it and opening up and uh, working through her shit and all of that. But I always feel uncomfortable during any any therapy sessions on these shows. Um, It just feels like we shouldn't be hearing that stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I'm happy she's, you know, taking care of herself and doing what she has to do. So later then Ashley goes over to Giselle's house to like hang out. And she told her that she, you know, wants to plan a trip uh, and that she wants to invite Monique because Monique is her friend. And Giselle's like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, you know what? You can invite her if you want, but literally no one else is going to be on that trip except you, Monique and Karen. So, yeah. And Ashley was like, um, okay, fine. I won't invite her then. (laughs) And like, I understand that for this cast trip, for it to be a cast trip, like there, it has to be most of the cast going, right? So of course it would make more sense for it to be just Monique, one person that doesn't go, as opposed to like majority of the cast being like, no, we're not going on that shit if Monique goes. It just sucks to see someone being pushed out like that. I don't like it, but... It is what it is for now, I guess. Um, It just makes me worry, though, for, like, the future of the show. I just feel like either Monique or Candace has to go. Like, both of them will not be back for the next season. Like, there's no way. I don't know how that would work. Um, So, Robin is doing a photo shoot for Embellished. (laughs) Embellished is the name, Giselle. Um, For her hotline... And while the hats are not for me, I do think it's cool that they are lined with satin. So your hair will be well taken care of while you're wearing the hat. And yes, I did go on the website and browse the products. And interestingly enough, um, so she has she has a hat and then she also has like shirts and hoodies and stuff. And all of the, the shirts and hoodies were sold out. So, I mean, that's good, right? So I support Robin in this hat selling journey of hers and, you know, whatever else helps her to pay the money to the IRS. So um, later after after everyone takes their pictures with their little hats on, Ashley is like, okay, I'm going to announce the trip now. So she's like, okay, like, I think we should take a trip too. And then she pulls out this flag and everyone is like, what? flag are we looking at here like what is happening can you just tell us where we're going and Wendy knows the flag so she knows where they're going and honestly she missed the perfect opportunity to bring up her degrees so they're like so she's like yeah we're going to Portugal and they're like Wendy how do you know that flag and she's like because I watch soccer and I was like oh my god Wendy this is the time where you could have been like duh because I have four degrees I know a lot of stuff and she missed opportunity missed opportunity so um they're all excited and like Ashley tells everyone she's like Monique is not invited so you don't even have to worry about it and like let's not even get into it (laughs) so then Wendy is like okay well um I want to make sure that I'm gonna be able to have a good time on this trip so I need to address something with you Karen and Karen's like of course (laughs) of course so um Wendy's like, you know, you have been talking about me and mocking me and saying that I'm not a doctor or whatever. And I just like don't understand how you could be talking about me like that when I have four degrees and you have zero degrees. 
And then she's, and then she's like, um, you know, I'm not even one to brag about my degrees, which LOL, like you, (laughs) Wendy, please, please, please be serious. I listen, I love Wendy and I am proud of her. And it's like, yes, you worked hard. Yes, it was a struggle, but you really do have to give it a rest. Like that's a fuck enough. We do not need to hear about these degrees all of the time. You, you definitely do brag about them. Like all, like any chance you get. And like I said earlier, you missed the perfect opportunity to bring it up. Um, but anyway, then Wendy takes it to, she takes it to a place of like, oh, well, you're supposed to be like uplifting black women and like all of that. And it's like, mm, yes, but like, I also kind of feel like you're reaching, but okay, like, let's go with this then. And, you know, Karen just basically gets Wendy together. She's like, listen, I don't need a degree to be successful, which is a fact. You know, I cannot stand people that act like you just never can be anything like you just are not shit if you don't have a degree. And just because you have one or four, then that makes them better than you. Like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. I don't want to hear the word degree anymore on this fucking show. I know that that's not going to happen, but that's what I need. So Karen, you can tell she's just like over it. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to lighten the mood. So she was like, listen, I was mocking you, not your degrees. And let me show you how I was mocking you. And Karen, (laughs) Karen gets up and she does the Wendy slither and she and the rest of the ladies just slither off into the sunset and it's hilarious and amazing and I will probably be slithering around for the next couple of days because it makes me laugh so yes oh my god so thinking that was the end of the episode wrong we get a dramatic scream that says two days later and then we and then we just hear Candace say, fuck that rusty ass bitch. And I got to tell you, I laughed because I just was not expecting that. And I was like, ooh, rusty ass bitch. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to start uh, saying that. But Candace is pissed because Monique has filed uh, counter charges against her. So, you know, she's just like losing it. Chris is trying to calm her down. She's not hearing it. She's like, you know. Monique let her stupid ass lawyer and her hood rat ass friends, you know, get in her ear and convince her to do this. And it's like, first of all, there goes that word again, hood rat. She just loves to fucking pull it out there. And it's so annoying, but like, whatever. Um, But it's interesting that she's saying that Monique is letting people get in her ear and convince her to do something when I'm almost positive that's what she did. Like, I, I'm pretty sure she let her mom get in her ear and convince her to press charges. I really don't think she would have done it if her mom didn't tell her to do so. But that's just my opinion. Um, she also says that she's never encountered anyone so arrogant and evil and sociopathic. And to that I say, LOL, <laughs> look in the mirror. <laughs> you have definitely seen someone like that before because that's you. Um... So yeah, I mean, that's it for this week. Uh, we're going to get the trip next time. So hopefully that'll be interesting. I'm sad that Monique is not going to be there. But like, I fully understand why that just 
cannot happen right now. So yeah. Okay, so we've got a new season of Below Deck. Below Deck original, I call it. Um, and y'all, I, I kind of forgot that the new season was starting. I realized that Below Deck Med had their stupid, um, unnecessary two-part reunion, but I don't know why I thought maybe there was going to be a week, like a, a break in between, but like, no. So here's the new season and let me tell you, I was, I was super excited, pleasantly surprised. However, this charter season is already cursed for a few reasons. So the first reason is, um, it started in February and that's right before we entered into this coronavirus hellscape that we are still in right now. Um, and they showed us that so we would know, <laughs> so we would know they were like February. Um, the second reason is there's no Kate, which oh, is so sad. Uh, I really miss her and I miss seeing her and Captain Lee together. And the third reason is Captain Lee is in the hospital because he fell in the shower and he busted up his ribs and he's talking about he might need to get surgery. So he's not even on the boat when everyone arrives. Just wild. Um, but there is an upside. Eddie is back as bosun, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm happy to see him. I always liked Eddie, and he says that he's been out of yachting for five years. So I wonder if um, if they called him up, if Captain Lee was like, listen, I'll keep doing your little show, but if Kate's gone, like, I'm going to need someone else on this boat that I know and can trust and I know is not an idiot and they actually know how to do this fucking job because I'm not playing with y'all. Like, that's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think happened. Who knows if that's fact or not? Um. So, yeah, Eddie's back and that's good. So he's on the boat and he's like, where the fuck is Captain Lee? Like, what is going on here? And he called Captain Lee and got the news and he was like, oh, perfect. Great, great, great. I'll just start working then. <laughs> so um, then we've got uh, Francesca, who is our new chief stew. Um. I mean, she she seems good to me. Like, she has definitely got big shoes to fill, like Captain Lee said. Um, there will never be another Kate. But, I mean, I have a good feeling about her. She's got a lot of experience. Um, she, she seems like she's about her shit, so we'll see. Um, we've got the chef, Rachel. She seems to be really good as well. She's been in the industry for 14 years. Um, she seems a little kooky, but that's cool. And, um, she's having a rough couple of days because she just, her purse was stolen or something like a few days before she got there. So she's a little, a little flustered, but she's not going to let that stop her. Okay. So now let's get into stews. So we've got, uh, Elizabeth and Izzy. Elizabeth is like super into like energies and like vibes and like crystals and like all of that shit. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how she is. Um, Izzy, Izzy reminds me of Aisha. I, like, did she remind y'all of Aisha a little bit? Just in the way that she was like, you know, I just say whatever, like no matter how inappropriate or like weird it is. <laughs> That's the only part that reminded me of her. 
Um, but she must not have a ton of experience because she's like painfully slow at everything she does, which is like, of course, we we have to have one of those, right? Every time. So that's what we've got for the stews. Um, for the deckhands, we've got James, Avery, and Shane. So <laughs> uh, Shane is new to yachting and he looks very young. Um, I'm getting Conrad vibes from him. Remember Conrad? Um, that was like hooking up with Hannah and stuff. He was like bosun. Anyway, um, Shane doesn't seem like he's going to be a hard worker at all. And like he, he's going to be dodging work any chance he gets. Like later on, he's literally doing yoga and meditating while everyone else is working. <laughs> like Shane, please don't get fired. <laughs> Cause I feel like you're going to get fired. Um, then we have James. He also does not seem like he's going to be great. Uh, he says, you know, he's here to have a good time with the ladies and do a little bit of work and see what he can get away with. Um, you are not getting away with anything with Captain Lee. Okay. I got news for you. I'm watching you. Um, and then Avery is the only one that seems like he's really there to work and do a good job. (laughs) So... Uh, Eddie's happy to have him. So Captain Lee finally shows up and, um, you know, he's still in pain, but luckily he doesn't have to have surgery. So that's good. And he's like, okay, staff meeting. Let me tell y'all what's up. And he's like, okay, um, I'm not playing games with y'all this season. He was like, you know, last season was a bunch of bullshit and like disrespect, and like physical shit. Cause remember Ashton was getting all up in caged shit. Like, punching um, windows and stuff. It it was bad. Um, So he's like, listen, I'm not doing that this season. I don't have time for that shit. And I will fire you um, in a fucking minute. I don't care if it's the middle of the charter. You can get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't care. And, you know, we all know that. (laughs) So it's like, looking at you, Shane, looking at you. Um, And then he also goes on his he gives his radio speech because you know Captain Lee does not play about his radios. Like, you better answer that shit when he calls or else. <laughs> so, we'll see how they do. Now we've got the guests coming and they are repeat guests. I didn't I didn't recognize them when Captain Lee was first talking about them. But when they showed up, I was like, oh boy, okay, these ones. So, they're kind of, they're kind of assholes. You know, they're... <laughs> They're very needy, um, very high maintenance, which I guess comes with the territory. But um, yeah, I don't like them. (laughs) I don't like them. Um, And it's always like you expect the uh, the primary to, you know, kind of be difficult or whatever. But it always really bugs me when just like one of their friends is just like super extra for no fucking reason. And that's how this uh, this group is. There's some friend. And he's just being a dick. It's like they're slurping down their drinks in like two seconds. And then they're like, I need a refill. Where are the people at? What's going on? Isn't it their job to just be here to serve me? And it's like, ew. Why are you? Like, yes, they're here to serve you. But like, you're being gross about it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So um, the primary, I don't know his name. Sorry. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go do their job for them because they seem overwhelmed. And he literally goes behind the bar because Izzy is moving at a snail's pace. Um, And he's like, you know what? I'll just I'll take care of this. And 
you go get the sunscreen for us. Okay. Okay. And Izzy's like, um, okay. And then she goes, <laughs> she goes and tells Francesca and Francesca's like, oh, fucking great. Like, cool, cool, cool. So she goes to deal with the guest and she's like, um, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, you know, you guys just seem overwhelmed today. So like, I'm just helping out. And it's like, Francesca is so embarrassed. And it's like, of course, because why are to have the guests back behind the bar making their own drinks? Because I don't know how long they were waiting. Okay, I feel like they weren't waiting for that long because generally when that happens, you know, they'll give us the time and they'll be like, oh, they were waiting for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And that didn't happen. But like, who knows? So, um, you know what else? I just really cannot deal with guests like being in the galley or behind the bar or stuff like that. It's like, why don't you, I want you to think of this area as like an employees only area and just stay the fuck out. If you want something, ask me, I'll bring it to you and I will try and make it snappy. But like, don't be back here. This isn't for you. Okay. So he, the, <laughs> this asshole goes, you know what? Let's just call today a learning curve and tomorrow we'll get it right. And I was like, oh my God, I would have to quit right then. <laughs> I just would. Like, I cannot like, please don't talk to me like that. And like, also, ugh. That's just so embarrassing. Like, I can't. I could not handle it. I'd be like, okay, definitely tomorrow we'll be getting it right because I will not be here. <laughs> I will be on a plane going home and that'll be right for me. So um, Avery gets some bad news. His mom, you know, texts him and lets him know that his his grandma is not doing well and like she's not really, she's not going to make it. Um, So he's like, okay, I'm coming home. So he goes and tells Captain Lee and he's like, I'm so sorry, but you know, like I got to go. My grandma's about to pass and I need to be there with my family. So he leaves and now they're a man down and I'm like, oh my God, I told y'all this season is cursed. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. And this is literally in the middle of a charter. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who they're going to bring on. Is it going to be like another new person? Is it going to be someone that we have met before. I don't know, but I'm excited. This season looks good. Um, these people are a mess. I feel like multiple people are getting fired. Um, maybe a few quit. The chef looks like she's going through some shit. I don't know. Maybe she's still upset about her wallet being stolen. I don't know, but we'll see. All right. Love after lockup. (laughs) gonna start with the craziest couple Dylan and Heather okay so they were finally able to have sex and I'm so happy for them because Heather was acting like a fucking lunatic monster and it's all because she just wanted some dick so she finally got it and she was like um you know, it wasn't what I expected. You know, he was kind of distant and it's like no shit because you scared him. You almost got him locked back up and you acted like a crazy person from the moment that he was released. So yeah, I bet he was kind of distant. And Dylan was basically like, yeah, I wasn't really, wasn't really good. (laughs) So I have, oh my God, I can only imagine how what her reaction was when she saw him saying that 
Oh, she, she probably fucking killed him or something. I don't know. Uh, so they're going to go to the DMV because Dylan needs to get his license and stuff. And on the way there, he's like, I hope that there's enough time because they only take a certain number of people, you know, by a certain time of day or whatever. So when they get there, he's not able to take his test or do whatever the fuck he needs to do. And it's because Heather made them late. So he's doing his little interview and he's telling the producers, he's like, yeah, you know, she, she made us late. So, cause she was putting on makeup or something like that. And she loses her mind. She loses it. She goes and like gets in the car and slams the door. She is like screaming at him to get in the car. She is like vein popping mad. I is actually scary to watch. And he's like, what is going on? Like, why are you so angry? And she's like, get out of the car. And she's screaming at him to get out of the car. And he's like, no. And then he gets out of the car and then he gets back in the car. She's screaming at him to get into the car. And then she speeds off. She rips the little cameras down. And Dylan was literally, it's not funny because she's literally her. I don't know if y'all noticed, but like her car is all busted up in the front. And it's probably because she's speeding off the way that she did right then. And I was like, she's crazy. She's one of those people that would be like, I'm literally just going to crash this car and kill both of us. Like, I don't care. Um, And Dylan knows that because he was like, you know what? Being with her... It's like, I'm, I'm either going to get a death sentence or a prison sentence. Like it's one or the other. Like there's no other option there, which is really sad. (laughs) It's really fucking sad. So that's all we got from them. It was literally just that one little scene. So like, oh oh my goodness. And you know what? It's good. Cause I don't think that I can take that like very much of them. Cause it's really a lot. And it's really Heather, actually. That's a lot. She's, like, exhausting. Um, So, Quaylon and Chevelle. No, Quaylon is packing up because he's going to Houston to uh, see his family. And Chevelle is mad. She's just, like, standing in the door watching him pouting and, like, being a weirdo. And she's like, you know, your family is about to get what they want. And it's like, What? Like, no shit. He has been locked up for 12 years, okay? He wants to see his family, and yes, they want to see him too. He should have been with them in the first place, you bitch. What the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, you know what? You you said you were going to do, you said that we were going to be married and do all this other stuff, and so you're saying one thing, and now you're doing another, and so, like, what's that about? And it's like, he lied, <laughs> Ever heard of it? Like, what do you mean? He fucking lied. You knew that. Whenever you picked up his mom and y'all were going to go pick him up from prison. And she was like, yeah, he told me he's coming to Houston. And you were like, oh, well, he told me he was staying here with me. And it's like, oh, so he lied. So like, you're familiar with the concept. I don't, I'm not sure why you're acting like this. So like, she just being a bitch the entire time. And it's like, so is he never supposed to go see his family? Like, I don't really understand what you want from him. Um, you need to lower your expectations. Like, it's wild. So, you know, uh, Quaylon is like, I can't start my life with Chevelle until I spend some time with my family. Because, like, things are just moving too fast with her. And I just, like, have to figure some shit out. Which, 
is completely understandable. Again, he was incarcerated for 12 years. So yeah. So he gets to Houston and his mom is like, yeah, so, you know, I think you should like go on some dates and like keep an open mind. And he's like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I still am with Chevelle and his, uh, baby sister is like, no, like, I want to take you out. I want to like set you up with some of my friends. And he's like, no, no, you know, Chevelle. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, like let that bitch go. And his mom says that he's probably, he is probably feeling, um, obligation and love, but I, and I agree, but it's probably more out of obligation because, Chevelle, you know, stuck by him while he was locked up and, you know, took care of him and all of that stuff. So he feels like he can't leave her, even though he may want to, which I think he does because um, she's doing too much. So his mom takes him to the barbershop, which is amazing um, because apparently when he was locked up, he was like cutting hair and stuff. So he has this skill, which is cool. So that's cool that his mom set him up with this opportunity. I didn't see Chevelle doing that or anything, um, you know, to help him get his life moving along. So that was really cool. So Quaylon's, you know, talking to the barbershop guy and he really was telling him like all of his fucking business, which I don't think was called for, you know? He was like, yeah, I got my girl back in Kansas and blah, blah, blah. And she wants me there and my mom wants me here and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't think you really <laughs> think you need to tell him all that, but okay. And so he goes on to say that basically cutting hair isn't his passion. Music is. And it's like, oh, he's a rapper. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that's good. And you should definitely pursue that, but you should also pursue a job that's going to make you some money in the meantime. Okay. So you probably want to make the move to Houston, take the job at the barbershop and work on your music uh, at another time because he's lucky that, you know, it's going to be difficult for him to find a job with his, uh, with his record. And the barbershop guy was like, listen, I don't care about that. I'm all about giving people, um, a second chance and I don't care what you did in your past. Um, you know, it's like a clean slate and until you do something wrong to me, like we're good. So yeah, he needs to take that fucking job. All right. On to Maurice and Jessica. <laughs> These two are looking at wedding venues and it's, I'm trying to like understand this place that they're at because it's like, it has a bunch of different little, uh, different themed rooms. Uh, for you to have your wedding in. So they're looking at all of them. And there's one that has, it has like this wall of like beads and he's just like running his hands through it, like touching everything, like, like a child almost. And I just had to note that because it made me laugh. So the last venue that they're in, it reminded me of Rainforest Cafe and I really did not like it. I'm so sorry. And they, and they loved that one. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? If you like it, I love it. Except I don't. But, you know, whatever makes you happy. So Maurice ends up um, proposing to Jessica in this, uh, in this room. And I'm just wondering if he spent the full 1000 that the dad gave him on the ring. 
I want to know how much he spent on that. Was there any change left? If there was change, did he give it back to the dad? Did he keep it and go have some fun at the casino? I have questions. Um, also, I noticed that Jessica has a Maurice tattoo on her left titty. And I never noticed that before. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so you're really in this. Okay. Okay, good for you. You guys are in love. Okay, Destiny and Sean. So she makes it to the court date. Um, They come out and she said that, so whatever charges they had against her were dropped, but they're refiling new charges against her because I guess she did some more shit. And now she's looking at seven years um, in prison and she's upset. And I'm confused because I thought prison was fun. She's talking about like how fun, how much fun she had and you know, all these friends she made and she had like such a good time and acted like it was nothing. So it's like, oh, now you're upset about it. Okay. Okay. So Sean is like, I'm going to wait for you and everything like that. And Destiny's like, dude, no, you're not. Like, I know how this goes. Like, I understand like you're crazy if you're going to wait for me. Like, no. And Sean is like, yes. And he's like, I'm still going to propose. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, (laughs) I can't. So what I'm wondering with this whole situation, because now she's got a new court date she has to show up uh, to in a couple of weeks because of these new charges. So I wonder, is he in the clear as far as his $50,000 go? Because she was out on bond or is it like, no, since she's still technically bailed out and has another court date, is he still on the hook for the $50,000 if she decides to run? Like, I need someone to clear that up for me. Um, also, I want to know why they're eating lunch outside the courthouse where she got this bad news. Like, they couldn't go somewhere else <laughs> to eat lunch and, like, get away from the scene of the crime. I don't know. So Sean wants to take Destiny um, on this little river walk to propose and she is not feeling it because she's not having a good day. She's got some, she got bad news. So like, don't propose to her today, idiot. Actually don't propose at all, but like, especially not today. So, you know, they're in the car and he's trying to talk to her and she's just completely ignoring him. Like she's on the phone. She's not listening at all. So... (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm going to like take you to this river walk. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. Like, I'm not going to have a good time. And he's like, no, like, let's go anyways. And I'm like, Sean, listen to this woman. Don't do this. So he takes her out there and he's like professing his love to her. And she is clearly not listening at all. And then, you know, he gets down on one knee and he (laughs) asks her to marry him and Her face is not at all what the face of a woman who is like in love with a man or a person that is proposing to her um, should look like if they were excited about it and like wanted to be married to that person. She looked so uninterested and confused and disgusted and like all of that all at one time. (laughs) So that's where they cut it off. So like I... (laughs) I don't know what she's going to say to him, but I don't think that even if she says yes, it's not going to be probably the reaction that he was hoping for. So I don't know. He's he's just stupid. So John and Christiana, 
Um, this was like really sad because so John went and got Christiana and brought her back to the house. And it's just really sad with like her and her mom and her sister and they're just crying. And, um, you know, it, she needs to turn herself in and they all know this. And like, John doesn't want that. And he, like I said to you guys, like, I just don't trust him. I feel like he's so selfish. He's not thinking of her and what's going to happen to her and like her health or anything. He's just like, oh, well, I want to be with her and I want this and I want that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, she's got to turn herself in and this is going to be her third time going back to prison on the exact same charge, which is wild. I just want her to get some help. Um, I don't know. She needs to get away from him, though. He's not he's not helping her at all. Also, he has a Bonnie and Clyde sticker on the back of his truck. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Grow up. And that's not cute. Just like, like, that's not fucking cute. You see how this situation is? Like, are you having a good time? I don't think so. Okay, Tyrese and Shonda. Actually, not Tyrese and Shonda because <laughs> Shonda is gone. She's off pretending to be Miss Honey from Matilda and not speaking to Tyrese as she should not be. Um, so I don't really know why he's still on the show. Like, I thought we were done with him last week, but he's still here and now he's found a new woman. Tracy, he met her at an art gallery and she is more age appropriate and, you know, good for him. I'm happy he's happy. Um, but he did say, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, I let things go with Shonda. And so then I met Tracy and it's like, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> you did not let her go. She let you go. She ghosted you. And then she called you up to let you know that she ghosted you and like apologized. And that was the end of that. Like you had, you had no say in the matter. So let's just get that clear. We all watched the show. We all know what happened. Okay, moving on. Y'all, if I have to see this man, this is another reason I don't ever want to see his face again. He has got that fucking toothpick in his mouth. Y'all know I hate that. It is disgusting. It is distracting. I do not understand it. He's got that toothpick in his mouth while he's talking. And then he was literally eating. He was putting food in his mouth and chewing it. And the toothpick was still in there. Like, take it out. That's not what the toothpick is for. You eat your food. You get some food stuck in your teeth. You take the toothpick. You pick the food out of your teeth. And then you take the toothpick out and you dispose of it. You don't walk around with a fucking toothpick in your mouth like having full conversations and a full fucking dinner with a toothpick in your mouth. I cannot. <laughs> I can't, y'all. I hate it so much. Ew. Um, let's move on to 90 Day Fiance. Oh, all right. Ari and Binyam. Okay. Now, Ari just grabbed the baby and ran out of the hospital because she wasn't ready for the baby to be circumcised just yet. And Binya was being sneaky about it. You know, it's like Ari went to the bathroom and then that's when he decided to give the baby to the doctors and try and get the circumcision going, even though she said she wasn't sure about it just yet. So he was pressuring her to get it done, much like he was pressuring her to do the baptism, which she agreed to. Um, and then he's got the nerve to tell Ari that she's being selfish and not thinking of the baby. And it's like, um, 
you are not thinking of the baby. You literally just want to get this done because you want what you want. You're not thinking about the baby the way she is. And she, you know, doesn't want the baby to be hurting and upset and like all of this other stuff and thinking, is he going to be upset that he didn't have the choice, wasn't able to make the choice like when he gets older and all this stuff. And Binyam does not give a shit. Like he just wants everything his way. And, you know, he's a bit controlling. I think last week I said, I think there's another side to him that we are not seeing and that he's uh, different on camera than he is like when the cameras are down. Um, you know, and it's starting to make sense why his first American wife left with the baby. And like Ari is literally about to do the same thing. Okay. And so what I like, if having an American, uh, woman who's had your baby, like run back to the States with the baby, was so heartbreaking for him. Like, please explain to me why he did literally the same exact thing a second time. Like, I just don't understand why he wouldn't just like get with an Ethiopian girl, impregnate her, and then he can literally have everything his way. Baptisms, circumcisions, no car seats, like all of it because they would be on the same page. So I just don't... I don't understand why he's doing this shit again. And like I said, I mean, he's running her off. Like she is fully when her parents come to visit, she's literally (laughs) going to go back to America with them when they leave. And that's it. Like she just is. So yeah, Ari is literally having a breakdown and he finally backs off. And, you know, it's like, yeah, she, she was literally just cut open birth your fucking son and at every turn you're trying to push something new on her like back the fuck up let that lady rest I just don't trust him y'all I don't um so anyway Ari is still feeling pressured to do the circumcision by Binyam but like also her family and um she said you know Binyam was basically like there's no room for compromise and like there's no discussion and the baby is getting circumcised period so you know she's upset and Binyam is acting like he doesn't understand why she is upset and uncomfortable even though she has explained it like over and over again she doesn't want the baby to be in pain the baby I mean Binyam says that he won't be and it's like yes he will like Babies feel pain too, stupid. What are you talking about? So Ari's like, whatever. Um, go ahead and do it. Like, I'm just going to wait outside. So the baby started screaming. So, of course, Ari goes into the room and she's all upset. She's She regrets this. She says she's never going to forgive herself for doing it. And she's just like inconsolable. So later on, Ari says, you know, they, she doesn't think that they're going to break up, but they have to figure some shit out because right now one of them is always winning and the other is always losing. And obviously she's the one that's always losing. And, um, like I said, I mean, she's going back to America as soon as her parents get there, (laughs) she's leaving. Actually, she needs to call them and be like, don't even like bother bringing all the baby stuff that you were going to bring. Just bring yourselves and then come get me and let's go back to the States. And that's going to be that. Devin and Jihoon. 
Okay. So they are going to meet Jihoon's friends at the park. And the park looks beautiful, by the way. Um, but Devin, and so there's a bunch of like tents out at the park and Devin says it's because it's like so hot out there, I guess. Um, but Devin's like, you know, if you see a bunch of tents like that in America, that's where you go to get free meth. And I, I was like, um, uh, what? <laughs> like, I, I thought that she was going to say maybe that's where you see homeless people, but no, she said, that's where you go to get free meth. So not even just do meth, but to receive free meth. And I didn't realize they were just handing out meth like that. I believe she's from somewhere in Utah. So maybe the the meth is just handed out for free. They'd give out samples. I don't know. I don't know, but it was disturbing. Um, so... They are hanging out with uh, Jihoon's friends and Jihoon is like, um, speak English. Like he tells his friends to speak English. And I'm like, no, listen, Devin, if you're going to live here in Korea, you need to learn to speak the language. This is absurd. It's just like, you know, it's just like, um, Kenny and Armando or like, you know, other couples from the past, like you knew you were moving there. This is your second time being there, um your second move there. Um, so it's weird that you still have, you know, this raggedy little translator that doesn't really work. <laughs> and like, it, you know, says the wrong thing at the time when, why use that when you could have been taking some lessons? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, um, Devin asks his friends, she's like, um, has Jihoon always been irresponsible with money? And they were like, yes. <laughs> Yes, he has. And it's like, okay, that tracks. Um, so then Devin sends Jihoon away to change the baby so she can interrogate his friends. So basically, she found naked photos of girls on his phone. And she asks his friends if that's a normal thing there. <laughs> is that a normal thing for him to have? Um, picture Like, is that a normal thing that y'all do here? Um, and do you think he's cheating on me? And it's like, girl... What? Like, I know Devin is dumb, but she can't be that dumb. Like, these are Jihoon's friends. Like, do you really think that they are going to tell you anything? Even if he was cheating, like, do you think that they would tell you? <laughs> like, I don't I don't get it. So, like, I really hope that this whole thing was just for the cameras because, like, I can't with her. So, of course, the friends were like, no, like... He's just a guy. There's pictures like, no, I don't think he's cheating on you. Like, he's a good person. He's our friend, which is like, yeah, of course, that's what they're going to say. Stupid. So, um, Devin, like, confronts Jihoon later on. They go to dinner and she's like, I found these naked pictures on your phone. So what the fuck is going on? And he literally laughs in her face <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I download the pictures. Like, so what? Like, what's the problem? And she's like, well, you have a wife. Like, why do you need to look at naked girls? And he literally starts laughing some more. And he's like, because I'm a man. And then in his little interview, he's like, listen, we don't really have sex. And, you know, most of the time I'm just using my hand. <laughs> like, Alexa, play you in your hand by pink. Like, that's exactly what came to mind. Um, so Devin explains, she's like, listen, 
masturbating to a picture of like another woman is like cheating to her and he's like what and his response leads me to believe that he will continue doing this although Devin requests that he stops and deletes the pictures I do not think he's going to do that but what do I know um so then Devin asked if he ever cheated on her and he said no and I gotta say I don't believe him um but he and she was like, so have you ever cheated on any of your uh, exes in the past? And he said yes. And she was like, well, like, why did you do that? And he was like, oh, because she made me go like she didn't have sex with him for like two to three months or something like that. So Devin was like, what the fuck? Like during their long distance, you know, they were apart for much longer than that. So now she's worried and she doesn't believe him. She's like, no, like he totally cheated on me. And I'm like, yeah, pun probably like he's a liar. Like he, he probably did. But I mean, either get over it or don't. I, I don't know. You already need to take your ass home, but whatever. Okay, Jenny and Summit. Summit uh, thinks that he can convince his parents to let him marry Jenny because you know, they're supporting him in his divorce. And he thinks that the last talk that he had with them went well. Um, and I'm like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> so Smith still owes $10,000 to his in-laws and his dad is helping him pay it. And his dad actually um, collected this money from different family members and friends because he said, you know, he just really wants to help give his son um, mental relief, which I thought was really nice. Um, Cause Samit, you know, he was, he was miserable. He said, he, so um, they've got another court date and Samit says anything could happen at court because his wife and her family are crazy and they are dangerous. So he's worried. But after five hours of being in court, the divorce is done. Samit is free. I never, thought I'd see the day. Um, I still don't think that he's going to be able to get to get married to Jenny, but who knows? Now, um, after the court date, he's hanging out with his dad and his dad is like, so what's your plan for paying me back? (laughs) And Smith's like, well, I've been working at a cafe like three to four hours a day, but I'm not like making very much money. And he says he can't work as much as he as much as he needs to because Jenny doesn't want to be at home alone. And his dad is like, well, that is unacceptable. Like, no. <laughs> so you need to work more. So Samit tells his dad that he wants to marry Jenny. And his dad is just like, oh, my God, like this shit again. Like, I thought we cleared this up. Like. <laughs> No, he's like, son, she is so old. Like, you do not want to marry her. Like, absolutely not. So Simit's just going on and on about, like, how supportive she's been. And his dad is like, okay, that's nice. That's cool. But that doesn't mean that you need to marry every person that is supportive to you. And also, um, me and your mother will legally stop you from marrying Jenny. So there's that, too. <laughs> So they shut that shit down. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to get married. So, like, I'm happy that he's divorced. But, like, you and Jenny will never be married. I'm so sorry. Not in India, at least. 
So Simic goes to his friend. His friend has like a marketing firm or something. So he goes to see him there and he's like, hey, I really need to work. Like, do you have a job for me? And the friend is like, so I don't have anything now. Been in a, in a couple of months. I can probably bring you on, but I can only pay you $100 a week. And Samit is like, oh, that is not enough. But like, that's better than nothing. But I'm going to have to get, you know, like another job. So it can't be just one job, you know, and he's definitely going to have to have the time away from the house with Jenny, which she is not comfortable with. So. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, We'll see what happens. Lord. Yasin and Brittany. Oh, boy. Okay. Yasin's family is starting rumors about him. Um, They're saying that he and Brittany are married and they're living together and they're having sex and they're making sex tapes. And like, okay, hypothetically speaking, if they were already married, then... What is the issue with them allegedly living together and having sex, right? Like, what's the problem? Whatever, I guess, because it's still Britney at the end of the day. And they don't like her (laughs) because she's showing her ass on Instagram all the time. I don't know. So Yasin goes to see his hot brother and... His brother says that, you know what, he he loves his brother and he's happy to see him, but his dad was right to kick Yasin out because he's giving the, the family a bad reputation. He's making them look bad and he's embarrassing them. So Yasin asks his brother, he's like, listen, can you set up a meeting with dad so we can try and straighten this shit out before Brittany gets back? And his brother's like, okay. So he goes to talk to the dad and the dad is like, I'm so sick and tired of all of this shit. He's like, look at the stuff that people are sending me. And he like holds up at one of the ass pictures of Brittany. And he's like, I'm humiliated. And he tells the brother, he's like, listen, you take this message to Yazin and tell him if he marries Brittany, I will literally kill him. And I'm not fucking around. And the brother, he didn't even seem surprised. And later he was just like, um, yeah, you know, my dad is serious. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, damn, you can't just disown him and like tell everyone that you don't fuck with him anymore. Like, do you really have to take it to a place of homicide? It's just really extra. Oh my God. So Yazin's brother tells him what the dad said. And for some reason, Yazin is under the impression that he can change their dad's mind. Just like, honey, he he said he's going to kill you. Like he will end your life. I don't think that you can I don't think there's really anything to like talk about anymore. So his brother is like, please be serious. Like he's not going to change his mind. And like, also, why are you so hung up on this bitch? Like you see how she moves. Like you see how she treats you. Like she doesn't give a shit about you. So like what? I don't understand the appeal. Like help me understand. And poor Gazin, he's just delusional. He still thinks that Britney's going to convert to Islam. And then once she does that, she's going to just like magically change her ways. And it's like not happening. Like what has she ever said or done lately or even at all that would lead you to believe this? Like, come on, Yazzie. This is not happening. Britney is back at uh, back in Florida and she's with her dad and She is uh, saying that she was originally going to bring her dad back with her to Jordan 
and get married, but now she's not because she's not ready. So instead, she's uh, taking a friend with her and she's going to introduce the friend to Yasin and whatever. And like, if it goes well, then she will bring the dad over to meet them. But still didn't really clear up the whole marriage thing. I don't know. So Brittany tells her dad that Yasin moved out of his parents' house so that he could be his own man. And it's like, that is not what happened at all. Like, he got kicked out because he's fucking around with you. Like, why are you telling this lie? You're not telling the truth to people. And it's weird. So, you know, the dad is like, well, that's good that he, you know, would do that for you. But it's also important that he is doing it for himself or else he's going to be holding it against you later on, which is like fact. Been there, done that. Um, And that's exactly what's going to happen. So... Brittany's on the way to the airport and Yasin sends her a text message and it's a picture of a car that he apparently bought for Brittany. Um, but he crashed it. So he's like, I crashed this car and now it's going to cost a thousand dollars to fix it. And it's your fault. And <laughs> it's like, what? Listen, I actually don't really care for either one of them. But I tend to lean more towards Yasin's side. But in this particular instance, I'm like, what? This is a reach, honey. Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) no. You can't blame her for crashing the car. Um, So they get into a screaming match and they're calling each other selfish. And, you know, Brittany's like, you don't do anything for me. Like, what have you done for me? And it's like, what? You don't. He he's literally given up his own life and he might, might almost literally because his dad is threatening to fucking kill him. Um, and it's all for you because he wants to be with your stupid ass. What have you done besides ruin his life? Oh, okay. So they continue yelling and like Yasin's going off on her and Brittany is like smirking and like almost laughing like when it's happening. It's very strange. And then she's <laughs> and then she's like, girl shut the fuck up and like hangs up on him and I gotta tell you I laughed (laughs) she just seemed super unbothered and like I I just (laughs) it was wild so she and I mean she's literally on the on her way to the airport like as this whole fight is happening and she's like you know what um I'm not going I'm not going I don't need to go but it's like obviously you are (laughs) Because I know you're going to Jordan because we've seen the footage. So, yeah, I mean, she's going to Jordan and I suppose we'll see her there next week. Okay, Kenny and Armando. Um, So they are having to write a letter requesting to get married. Um, Armando says that same-sex marriage has been legal in Mexico since 2015, but um, some couples have issues getting their licenses approved. So they go to the, uh, to the place where they're, uh, you know, making this request and they hand it to the woman and literally she looks at like two things. She glances at the piece of paper and she's like, um, no, like this is denied. And she explains that the, the law for the state says that you can do same-sex marriage, but the Constitution hasn't fully approved it yet, and that's why they got a no for the answer. Um, so she says that 
they need to go to the human rights office and file a complaint saying this violates a basic human right, which it does. Um, and she says, you know, she's positive that they'll get approved after they do that. It's just going to take a little bit longer. And this woman seems super nice and helpful. Um, you know, cause watching the previews it made it seem like maybe she was going to be a little bit cold, you know? Um, and if, same-sex marriage is not as widely accepted there as it is here, you know, you don't know what kind of people you're going to encounter. And she could have been, you know, like a homophobic bitch or something like that. So I was happy to see that she was nice and helpful. Um, And, you know, she's, she thinks that they will get approved after they go through this, uh, this extra step. So I hope that happens for them. Um, but Kenny is crying as usual. And he says that he just, you know, he's frustrated and he wishes that he could be asking his own questions as opposed to having Armando, you know, translate. And it's like, yeah, well, if you had learned some fucking Spanish, then you could have been asking your own questions. But you didn't, even though you knew you were moving there and you've been dating this man for like a couple of years. So like, there's no excuse, but whatever. Um, that's really it for them. It was just that one quick little scene. So the last couple is, uh, Tim and my Lisa. So Tim says that his mom and aunt are coming to visit. Um, and the timing is like very weird, but okay. Um, they're both nervous about this visit. And Tim says that he is thinking of telling, uh, his mom about, you know, the whole my Lisa sleeping with someone else thing. And it's like, why would you ever do that? And, you know, that's basically what my Lisa said. She was like, why? This is like our deal. And he's like, because I just want to be like open and honest. And it's like, sir, if you want any chance of them getting along, like you need to leave that out. You do not need to tell them like, stop telling people shit like that about your relationship. It always makes things more difficult for the, for the relationship to flourish. Like y'all already have enough issues as it is. Like your shit is hanging on by a thread. Keep this one to yourself. So my Lisa uh, says that she and Tim's mom used to get along. Okay. But, um, There was a time after Tim cheated on her that they'd gotten into an argument and his mom was there and the argument like got pretty bad and um, the mom got involved and she threatened to call the cops on my Lisa. So that's when things took a turn. And my Lisa said that's, you know, she just lost all respect for her after that, which is like understandable. Um, So my Lisa's like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm just going to go stay with my parents while they're here. Um, so, cause I don't really feel comfortable and Tim's like, Oh, I don't know what my mom's going to say about that. And my Lisa's like, I don't really care. Like I'm not going to be uncomfortable here in my own home. Like I'm not doing that. So Tim is like, you know, I'm thinking this visit could be bad for me and my Lisa's relationship. And it's like, no shit, Tim, tell your mom and aunt, like now's not a good time. And like, don't do this. Remember what I said? You know, Tim is just like a big dumb doofus. Like, this is why I can't. I I just can't with him. So that was it. That's it for the shows. Um, Let's head into Bad Bitch, Horrible Bitch. My Horrible Bitch uh, this week is going to be Scott Disick. And I don't know if y'all saw or not, 
but he was hanging around with little Miss Amelia Gray, uh, Lisa Rinna's daughter. Looked like they were going to some party together or something like that. And I just, Scott, I don't know what it is with him, with his, with these young ass girls. She's 19. And he's like knocking on 40's door. Like, get the fuck away from her. First it was Sophia Richie. Now it's Amelia Gray. Leave these girls alone. Get someone like your own age. It's it's getting a little weird. I have to like it's getting fucking weird and I don't like it. I don't think he would love it if his daughter, when she gets older to be 19, there's some like almost 40 year old man sniffing around her. No. Cut it out. Um my bad bitch is going to my girl Gabby because I'm just so proud of her, you guys. So you know about um, her cookie business is just like taking the fuck off. And I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy to see it. She, I mean, she has been, she hasn't even been doing it that long. And it's like to watch her journey and watch, you know, this little business grow and see like how good she's gotten and, and all of this stuff. It's, it's just really great to see. And I'm just really proud of her and I'm really happy for her. So you guys make sure that you go, um, check out her cookies. I'm hoping you, you guys probably are already following her cookie page um, her Instagram account. But in case you aren't, that, uh, Instagram account is coastal confections underscore CHS. Give that a follow. Look at her cookies. They're amazing. Um, and then send her a little message just telling you you love her and you're going to miss her because I'm going to miss her being on here with me. Um, so yeah, that's it. For this week, you guys, um, make sure you follow the Instagram at Bitches Better Podcast. Um, make sure you follow me at Mainly Bravo on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys check out the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash bitches better. I'm going to be I'm going to be putting out a lot of content. So definitely check it out. Sign up. We're having a good time. Um, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.